0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com
1: Oh, hi, hello, from our nation's capital, it is Thursday, August 9, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com I am Bob, hello, how are you? Hello, Bob Hi, Rachel, coming up on today's show, Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show is right here Plus, we'll dig into the special election in the Ohio 12th and what it all means. We're still trying to figure out what what this means. Should we have won? Was close enough good enough? I don't know. Trump's budget deficit is skyrocketing to which Barack Obama replied, WTF, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he said. Obama said, WTF, man. I just made that up. He didn't really say that, but I, I think he's thinking that. Uh, Plus, the Russians might have hacked the Florida election systems. Yep, red alert, (laughs) red alert, it's happening. Also because Florida won't let us have nice things. Oh, and if the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to Bubble Genius and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and sexy, sexy body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now, only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order, only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin.
0: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. And starring the mad prophet of the airways, Howard Field. When the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be peddled for truth on this network? So you listen to me. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. Television is a goddamn amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom killing business. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. So turn off your television sets, turn them off now, turn them off right now, turn them off and leave them off, turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off! Bob Seska! I don't know what we're yelling about! The Bob Seska Show. <laughs>
1: oh my god that clip network the great uh, peter finch in network it is the trump crisis day 567 88 days until the 2018 midterms and possibly the end of american democracy according to my man shouty big shot face malcolm nance oh god oh god please don't let it happen we're going to talk about ohio and the 12th district and how that portends for uh November to get in all that but first oh my god it's Jody Hamilton Jody, hi 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 hello
2: Hello How So are... Brian Cranston is going to play the uh, Peter Finch role on Broadway
1: Yeah I cannot effing wait I got to I'm going to
2: fly out for that I mean that's important
1: yeah, that's gonna be great, and and you know what? I'm not a huge Broadway guy, but I gotta go up and see that one. I mean, no, we're, you gotta. We're living here on the East Coast. I already set the link to uh, to Kimberly, and she's excited. So we got to get some tickets. And of course, this is gonna be the one that's gonna it's gonna be impossible to buy tickets for this goddamn thing. Uh, yes,
2: it will be. You have to know like uh, Bette Midler, Bernadette Peters, Michael Cerverus, oh John Fugelsang. You're gonna need to know a lot of people to get tickets to that show. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe I'll call John Fugelsang. He knows how to get Malcolm
2: from Malcolm in the Middle,
1: Malcolm in the Middle. How do I, I don't know Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle? Oh, is he in He's that? He's a
2: race car driver? No. No. Brian Cranston though played his dad.
1: Oh, that's well, of course that's right. So is he in the show or is are you saying I can get tickets if I contact you? You just the kid go through that Malcolm?
2: guy. You go through the kid that played him because maybe he is still friends with Brian Cranston. I don't know.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know that kid, so uh, if I called him up and say, Hi, Jody Hamilton told me to call you, kid from Malcolm in the Middle, can I get tickets to the to the Brock well, but actually, show that Network. kid
2: was supposed to play... L- wait, this is a weird story. The kid, I forget his name, he was supposed to play a character named Malcolm in... Hollywood Arms which is about my mom's story oh really he was hired to play Malcolm in the workshop in New York and then he got Malcolm in the middle so he just plays Malcolm
1: oh right, so he's always going to be Malcolm he's gonna be like like Bob Denver was always Gilligan is that what you're saying exactly he's, he's just typecast. gonna
2: play guys named Malcolm that's just how it goes <laughs> that's
1: so fun maybe he can eventually go on to play Malcolm Nance in the TV movie of the Trump <gasps> Trump era but that would be it's, weird wouldn't it
2: that would be wrong in
1: blackface it would be wrong. <laughs> I think so it would be very very wrong okay very wrong. Uh, We did a a fantastic uh, interview yesterday with Cliff Schechter and John Aravosis from the Unprecedented Podcast. They were awesome on the interview show yesterday and on our uh, Patreon page. Let's see. Lots of great reviews coming in for Cliff and John. Let's see. Gene on Facebook says, this is my favorite interview show so far. We need these guys to inject some spine into the backs of our Democratic candidates and strategists. I totally agree with that. Kathy Green on Patreon says, even though I was dog tired last night, this fabulous podcast kept me awake. Well, it wasn't so much the podcast, it was Cliff and John and their, their pulse-pounding dialogue about everything that's happening, all the tragedy, the ongoing tragedy of the, the Trump crisis. Plus, Lynn Michelle on Patreon also said, this was awesome, maybe my favorite. So, yes, get your ass to Patreon right now. Go to bobzescu Click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo, and then you can listen to this show for free. You can listen to our Wednesday interview show absolutely frwe free. And you know what I think? You know what else I think? Well, I'm not going to give it away yet. I'm not going to give it away yet. We we have some great <laughs> upcoming guests. We've got uh, Greg Sargent from the Washington Post. I mean, when was the last time you saw Greg Sargent anywhere near a podcast or anywhere near a cable news show? He's, he's one of the kidding. he's one of the best writers of our time. And uh, he's like a a blogosphere 1.0 guy goes all the way back to talking points memo is writing for Josh Marshall initially, and then went on to great things with the Washington Post. So he's got a new book coming out, we're going to talk to him. That's going to be later in the fall, or eh, not later in the fall, it'll be before the election, but it'll be probably sometime in October. Plus, one of my favorite people in the entire world, I'm booking him for just a couple of weeks from now. Brian Lynch. I don't know if you know the name Brian Lynch, but he's possibly booked for the 22nd for that interview show of this month. Brian is Kevin Smith's protege. He wrote uh, the screenplays for the animated movies Hop, Puss in Boots, Minions, The Secret Life of Pets 1 and 2, and the forthcoming Minions 2. Plus, uh, comic fans will know him from Angel After the Fall with Joss Whedon. And, uh, and you're going to discover through this interview through the course of that hour that Brian is a comedy genius. You're going to fall in love with him as I have. All right, so there you go. Plus, Jody, oh my God. I, I don't know if I'm going to wear a patriotic red, white, and blue thong as Stephanie Miller is... <laughs> well,
2: she's crocheting one for you. She's
1: crocheting one, because nothing is uh, more stylish than a crocheted thong. We're right, comfortable. The, the Lycra, that, that's more form-fitting, but a crocheted thong says revealing while also being bulky and uncomfortable to wear. So <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's not going to be comfy, but it'll look nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be at the Sexy Liberal DC on September 22nd. SexyLiberal.com is where you can get tickets. They've got Daryl
2: Hammond is going to join you now. Apparently,
1: I know I get to meet Daryl Hammond. See, this is all about me because uh, you know I, it's just me getting to meet cool people is the reason why I go to these sexy no liberal people. I get to get to hang out with Stephanie and, and John Fugel sang Mister and Mrs. Fuglesang, <laughs> Ste- <laughs> you know Stephanie and John. Uh, plus, <laughs> don't I not tell Cart Charmaine. <laughs> I know. Plus, I'm going to meet uh, Daryl Hammond, who's one of my uh, my voice heroes, and and Malcolm and Nance. Margaret Cho. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know if she's going to be at the DC one. Is she?
2: I thought she was, but maybe I'm wrong. I might be misspeaking.
1: I heard uh, Chicago and L.A. from Margaret Cho, but it, it doesn't matter because Carl Frisch is going to be there. Uh, yeah. The lovely, talented, and always sexy Charlie Pierce. Uh, well, yeah, he'll
2: be in his thong.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I think Stephanie wants to sell tickets to this. I don't <laughs> think advertising that me, Carl Frisch, and Charlie Pierce are going to be in thongs of any Malcolm
2: Nance too. <laughs>
1: of any fabric. Yeah, well, Malcolm Nance is definitely going to be in a thong. You can count on yeah. that. He's wearing a thong. He's wearing Malcolm Nance is wearing a thong. Any opportunity to <laughs> to take his clothes off, Malcolm Nance obviously <laughs> takes advantage of that. Yeah. Uh. God, so I can't wait. I can't wait for all this. So many things happening. So many things all happening at once. And you know, my dad turns 80 right <gasps> before, like the Happy weekend. Happy
3: birthday, daddy. I, I,
1: yeah, so we get to go visit him uh, on, uh, the. I think it's the weekend before election day. And in addition, because it's happen- the birthday party is happening in Florida, I'm going to be able to go down and hang out with Mr. Buzz Burbank oh. in Florida. Oh. Which Michael
2: I J. Easton. We love him.
1: I have not. I have not been in the same room with TV's Buzz Burbank since, oh God, it must be almost 10 years now, since uh, wow. Buzz and I were in the same room together. This the the nature of virtual friendships, right? That's how it all works. Okay, Jody Hamilton, let's talk about <laughs> Tuesday's primary in the Ohio 12th. Um, It's still
2: not decided yet, correct?
1: Still undecided as of right now. In fact, I'm going to check while we're talking. I'm going to go over to the New York Times. By the way, here's my little secret in terms of how I follow election returns. And this is something that we can all do at home. Go to the New York Times and just follow what they're doing. That's (laughs) what I do. That's the only way to do it. And it happens. The page refreshes in real time. So when new returns come in, it happens before you see Steve Kornacki, uh, uh, hyper-caffeinated Steve Kornacki. God bless him. Yes. I, I love Charlie Pierce's tweet right when uh, Steve Kornacki started the other night. He said, Steve Kornacki is go at throttle up. <laughs> so That was kind of appropriate. <laughs> Completely caffeinated Steve Kornacki uh, has these numbers after. After the New York yeah. Times gets them, so you can the actually Times is awesome. I know. Plus, you can beat Steve Kornacki to the punch. You can be your own Steve Kornacki. You can roll up your sleeves. You can get maybe a bicycling injury that you're got to cast around your hand or something, and get get all your caffeine and Adderall and cocaine on and your own
2: whiteboard up. behind you.
1: That's right. You can pretend you're Steve Kornacki uh, but, in the privacy of your own home. Isn't that fun? It's I'm like
2: so, I'm so doing that soon. John I know. Going to think I'm crazier.
1: <laughs> all the kids are going to want to do Steve Kornacki so cosplay are now. You? <laughs> but uh yeah, so I was checking on a New York times page here for the election returns. and as of right now, it is still undecided who won this election. Okay. It's too close to call. Uh, thir- I heard
2: that O'Connor got tw- 200 more votes today because they found some.
1: Yeah, the uh, margin has gone from 1700 to around 1500, 1564, I think is the margin. <laughs>
2: Who is that asshole third-party guy that people voted for? Because that's the difference. Uh,
1: Joey Jojo Shabadoo Manchick is uh, <laughs> the Green Party candidate. Joe Manchick is, is uh, right now in third place with 1,129 votes. Hello,
2: 1,100 votes. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. And if those votes had gone to Danny O'Connor, that means nice. we would have been in within that range being able to do a, uh, an automatic recount. Right. And as we've seen, Jody, the uh, just the c- counting process has revealed a miscount, I believe, it was in Franklin County. Where yes, they f-
2: that's where I heard it. Yeah,
1: exactly. You said there was uh, 200 missing 200 votes.
2: votes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you imagine doing a recount and looking at all these ballots again, who knows what could shake loose for uh, for mm-hmm. Danny O'Connor? And, and right now, you know, look, I get the idea. I understand that there's uh, electoral politics at play here, and we have to look at the numbers, and we have to evaluate all this crap based on how the Democrats are going to perform in November. And as we talked about on Tuesday's show with with Buzz Burbank, that district, the Ohio 12th, is a Republican plus 14 district, according to uh, Nate Silver. And so the fact that Danny O'Connor erased that entire advantage by the Republicans, uh, on behalf of the Democrats, of course, means really great things for those districts where it's just Republican plus three or Republican plus five. And hopefully this kind of momentum will translate to those other districts, giving us that real uh, solid advantage going in. And of course, I always got to say, don't get happy. For God's sake, do not get happy. We don't want to get happy. Don't (laughs) applaud for getting happy. Applaud for not (laughs) getting happy.
2: Well, and the other thing is that district's only been a district for, what, 79 years? And it's voted Republican for 77 of those 79 yeah. years? Yeah. And it's so gerrymandered that it's almost... Basically, what happened this Tuesday was Republicans voted for the O'Connor.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did they really? they had to
2: have. Yeah. They had to have because it's such a red district uh-huh. that there is no way that registered Republicans did not vote for him.
1: Right. And, you know, there were a lot of people talking about, and this, of course, goes back to the Green Party candidate. There were a lot of people talking about, including Dave Weigel, saying that some Republicans, and don't try to figure this one out, because I can't figure it out, but some Republicans actually skipped over voting for the Democrat and actually voted for the Green Party candidate. There's yeah, there's no accounting for the mass confusion and rot that's going on in the brains of some voters in this country. But yeah, the Green Party candidate who is farther to the left than just about any Democrat running for office or existing in office right now. And yet the Republicans loathe the Democrats so much loathe them that they ended up voting for the Green Party candidate somehow. But you know what? It really wasn't. I mean, the Green Party candidate, yeah, the inclination is to say uh, uh, Joey Jojo Shabadoo was, uh, <laughs> was a spoiler. But it's not. I looked at some numbers, and you know what the real factor in the Ohio 12th was? And believe me, I was the guy on Twitter Tuesday night going, God damn you, Green Party people. God damn it. God damn it. What are you doing to us? That was a little bit uh, hasty of of me, I think. Because is it more Perot
2: version? Y- like a Ross Perot kind of
1: spoiler? The problem here, Jody, is not the Green Party candidate in Ohio 12th. This is going to be a problem we're going to have across the board in every district where Democrats are running. And that is turnout. It was, yeah. it was low voter turnout. That was the biggest factor in that, uh, other than that Green Party weirdo. Uh, it was low vote. I think in uh, Franklin and Delaware counties in the Ohio 12th, the turnout was and remember, these are the two counties where there are the highest number of Democrats. Turnout right. was only 42%. 42%. And that gets a yes. Come on. Come on. This is an emergency. 42% is the best we can do. Really? Hmm. Maybe they're
2: waiting to the midterms because that's when it really matters. Because this is still he's they're going to have to run again in November. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? So that, maybe that's it. I don't know.
1: That could be. I mean, that's as good analysis as any. Um, the thing with uh, with this though is, and this is kind of an upside, is that in the other counties that are part of the Ohio 12, which are predominantly Republican counties, more rural. Um, mm-hmm. Those counties, the turnout was only about twenty-five percent. So oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm being a Debbie Downer by looking at the forty-two percent. It is still You're Channeling higher.
2: Ches. You're <laughs> yeah, just channeling Ches.
1: I know. I'm being grumpy about this, but look, I mean, the Democratic turnout, if you want to kind of label it a Democratic turnout in Franklin and, and Delaware counties, was still higher than the re- more Republican areas. So that bodes well for. Or the, the midterms, right? Because they're, they're more. Does. we see that more Democrats are turning out than Republicans.
2: You're a weird nerd, like I am. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the normal turnout in a presidential is, what, 60% if we're lucky?
1: Yeah, not even that. Not even that. So
2: I mean, 42% turnout... In a special election, which they know they're going to have to vote again in November, to me, is kind of a good thing.
1: Yeah, August, you know, you might be right. You might be talking me down on this one because uh, it is August. People are on vacation. People aren't really Mm -hmm. thinking about politics. It's like a complete dead zone. It's like the holidays. No one wants Mm -hmm. to pay attention to anything real. Yeah, don't get sick then. Yeah, exactly. Don't get sick
2: during the holidays because the doctors are gone.
1: You know, I mean, it's ultimately, I think, um, good news. As I said, that uh, Danny O'Connor did so well, and of course, the jury's still out on this. It's possible that he picks up enough uh, provisional votes and absentee votes. Although Steve Kornacki, hyperspastic Steve Kornacki, doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't think it's possible. But you know, you never know. You never know what's going to shake with, loose. I don't everything. know
2: how Ohio is with provisional ballots, but in general, provisional ballots you 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 vote, and then you have to prove that you're allowed to vote down at your registrar's office. And a lot of times, when you're given that, they don't tell you you have to do that. So most people think they voted.
1: Right. Right. Well, that's also possible, too. It's such a sketchy thing. And you know what? Some of those people, some of the reasons why, uh, you know what, I guess, what what does the math work out to be? 58% didn't vote. Um, Some of those 58% might have not voted because of voter suppression. I mean, they might not also have been able true. to vote. Yeah, yeah. This
2: is Ohio. I mean, they, they, they did the whole, like, if you haven't voted in a couple of years and you don't send back the postcard, you're off the rolls, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that whole thing that was uh, the Supreme Court just upheld. So yeah. there's that problem.
1: Right, right. Well, I mean, the, the whole point behind voter ID, for example, is to make sure people don't show up, to intimidate uh-huh. them out of actually showing up on on election day. So that might have worked out. I mean, that might have happened uh, to kind of define why exactly uh, voter turnout was only 42%. But again, I look at 42% and I see the colossal emergency that we're dealing with with the Trump crisis, and potentially the end of American democracy, where you know, it's like Steve Schmidt said the other day on, on real time with Bill Maher He's like, you know what, we're talking about Trumpistan here. We're talking about yeah. watching our Democratic Republic in the rearview mirror. We're talking about the the. the rec- Seeding of American style democracy, all due to influences like Donald Trump, influences like Vladimir Putin and their collective influence. That is really what's on the ballot. And this fall, it's not about individual issues. It's not about your pet issues or whether you think the Democrats are too corporatist or whether or not you like or hate drones or whether Glenn Greenwald is right about Russia or whether Rachel Maddow is right about Russia. We're talking about a serious, serious crisis in the presidency where the president is absolutely compromised by the Russian government. And we're talking about not just securing our elections here, we're talking about securing Securing national security, for God's sake. This is a yep. national security crisis. I mean, God only knows what the Trump administration is handing over to the Kremlin. I mean, across <sighs> the board. Yeah. I mean, it's, well,
2: it- I mean, Rand Paul is giving them notes back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just. I mean, I want to hear from Rick Wilson, uh, uh-huh. MSNBC's Rick Wilson. I want to hear from Rick Wilson about Rand Paul and Rand Paul's little errand boy uh, trip over to Moscow to give that note to Putin from from Trump. Yeah. Uh, this is like uh, like eighth grade cafeteria shit where you're passing notes. Yeah, I mean, notes. it's notes
2: in school. It's it's like, ooh, here, does he like me? Check yes or no. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the reason I'm 16 ta- candles.
1: <laughs> exactly right. And the reason I'm talking about Rick Wilson is Rick Wilson used to run Rand Paul's campaigns. So I don't know if he's tweeted about this or not, but uh, I would suspect that he's weighed in at some point about his former guy dealing with Russia like this now. And then meanwhile, Jesus, God, Senator Bill Nelson. And, and you know what? This is kind of a sketchy story because some officials are saying, Whoa. Um, Bill Nelson from Florida says that Russia has already hacked the Florida election system and and they're able to move around freely within that system. Now, that's a pretty big deal if... If true, Uh, Florida's Democratic senator said Wednesday that the Russian operatives have penetrated some of his state's election systems ahead of this year's midterms. But state officials said they have no information to support that claim. So that last part is important because we don't want to get we don't want to get all uh, worked up over something that actually isn't true. There's lots of things to get worked up about. I don't know if chasing after this one is is so smart until we get some sort of confirmation. I'd like to hear from the FBI. I'd like to hear from the Florida Secretary of State, such as as they are. <laughs> I don't know who's the hey, Chris Co
2: back in Kansas.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> who's the who's the Florida Secretary of State now? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna look that up. Florida Secretary of the State. Okay, Florida Department of State, and we'll see who we're dealing with. Guy named Ken. Detzner Ken Detzner. Uh Already then he was appointed by Governor Rick Scott, so he's obviously a republican, so we're we're pretty much fucked right right yeah, I think
2: that's, <laughs> yeah.
1: right, we're totally screwed uh there on that front, so
2: well uh, uh, for, uh, one of my friends, uh, one of the guys that's on my show, suggested that secretaries of state and then local registrars mm-hmm. take a picture right now or a month ago of you know just download all everybody that's currently registered, yeah. And then see how much is knocked off without them doing it in the next months. Right. Like, download it. Keep it separate. You know, Print it out. Here's the download of everybody that's registered in this county. Mm-hmm. And then see if it changes much. Like, you, There's an easy way to algorithm compare it computer-wise. Who's been knocked off that we didn't knock off? Take pictures, people. Yeah, it's I, easy.
1: Take pictures, people. People, pick pictures people, for the people, people. um Papadopoulos. make sure that uh, that that's part of that certainly voter registration needs to be secure uh-huh. um, the other thing is you know what if i was going to do this if i was going to change the uh, or alter how the votes are tabulated. I think that's only yeah. like one line of code. You insert a teeny yeah, tiny easy. line of code into a database like that, and say that you know all the votes that are going for this guy siphon off twenty percent of them and give them to that guy. And oh, you don't
2: have to. You don't even have to even go twenty percent. You go point five percent. Yeah,
1: nothing. yeah, you're right because then it's even more undetectable. And if you're exactly. talking about talking about close races like the Ohio twelfth, for example.
2: Yeah, it doesn't have to be much. It's like it's point five percent will swing certain close elections.
1: Yep, yep. And, you know, something like that, they might not even be able to weed out using a a recount. because Exactly. Because, again, we're talking about very few paper trails along the Mm -hmm. way, which is another major, major goddamn problem. You know, suffice to say, back in the day, when they would do paper ballots, and everyone would put their paper ballots in the slot into the box— there were all kinds of things going on with ballot stuffing. I mean, you talk to a Republican. I mean, you go back, Jody, to 1960 and you talk to a Republican in the wake of the 1960 election and they're going to be screaming at you about what happened in Chicago with the Kennedys and, and the mafia and ballot stuffing. And so that's something that is inescapable, but it's a lot more difficult for the Russians. And
2: also people stealing ballots.
1: Yeah, that too. It's a lot more difficult, though, to do that. Uh, for the Russian GRU to actually walk into a room and start altering ballots than it is for them to sit in St. Petersburg and insert a line of code remotely from thousands and thousands of miles away and to get away with that kind of interference. So, you know, you're talking about the lesser of two evils. Well, God damn it. The paper ballots, definitely the lesser of two evils. I mean,
2: we could probably find them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, a number two pencil on a piece of paper—that's all it should really take. And you um, know, don't
2: they do like fingerprints in Iran or something? I mean, yeah, yeah like they the, dip
1: the finger in the in the, yeah. which I would hate. I mean, if they did that at polling places, I would be much less inclined because I hate getting crap. I'm just weird about getting ink and shit all of my. Like, if I get on a sharpie marker and I make a mark <laughs> on my hand or something, it drives me nuts until I can fully wash it off. But uh, think of the
2: biometrics on that—it's a fingerprint.
1: And th- I guess that's pretty secure too isn't it it's a I, it's biometric
2: to- thing it's very simple it's biometric it's your thumbprint i mean yeah. it doesn't get much more secure than that because it's your actual thumbprint nobody can do that for you yeah I mean, people have been the voter you know fraud that has
1: occurred, which eh, is usually by mistake never happens yeah no, the
2: one that, the ones that happen are usually by mistake, oh yeah, yeah,
1: totally yeah, in fact, there was a study it's, not, in-
2: it's intention it's not intentional to like vote like your your mother is sick, so you vote on her behalf mm-hmm, right. you know it's like I didn't know I couldn't do that. She told me how to vote, so I did it for her
1: you know it's so difficult now too to uh, to vote more than once, you know the old uh, saying, vote oh my God, early it's and crazy, often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you go in and you sign in and there's a signature page that, you know, they match up your actual signature with the signature that you provided when you registered. And if it's the same, then you go on in and you vote. Uh, These are all just no brainer things. but
2: Well, I mean, I vote absentee and it was interesting. One year I forgot to sign my envelope Mm -hmm. and it got sent back. Wow. Which made me feel better about the fact that they actually said, no, you didn't sign it, so please sign it, and then we'll count your vote.
1: That's fantastic, yeah, because usually you would think that they would just... Uh, just sc- throw it away. Yeah, screw Jody Hamilton. We don't want to hear from her. Just throw it in the garbage. No, I in.
2: just didn't sign the envelope. I signed everything else, but I didn't sign the back of the envelope nice. by mistake, and they were like, no, you didn't sign this. Please sign this, Yeah, and then we will count your vote. And so, And there was a website that I went to, it's LA County Registrars, where you can actually see that your vote was counted, or it wasn't... And If it wasn't counted, they tell you why.
1: And you know what? There's also Malcolm Nance's recommendation, which is to vote early because because usually voting early is yeah, exactly. That's a you know again, you're you're talking about an absentee ballot as you as the the same way that you voted, Jody, Uh, and and that's a really secure way to get it in. Plus, you're already in. You're in before because. I don't think the Russians are going to start screwing around in you know the day after Labor Day or whenever no, early voting starts. There you are. All right, so uh, so that's that. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the officials are. The Florida Department of State said it received zero information from Nelson or his staff. That supports the claim of Russian meddling, something national intelligence and homeland security officials have repeatedly warned was likely ahead of the midterms. Additionally, the department has received no information from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, or the Federal Department of Law Enforcement that corroborates Senator Nelson's statement. And we have no evidence to support these claims. So I'll be interested to see how this all washes out, because if Senator Nelson's right... Then we could be in for, you know, just the nightmare scenario. I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. I keep thinking. I mean, the thing that uh, makes me wake up, uh, uh, sit bolt upright in bed in the middle of the night is, oh, shit, it doesn't matter how many votes we turn out. The Russians are just going to rig this whole thing from top to bottom when Mm -hmm. it comes to uh, invading. Because, I mean, that would be the next logical step, it would seem to me that, uh, that 2016, they get into the minds of voters, and they use propaganda, and they use hacked emails, and, and they uh, exploit uh, things in the media to get that information out. And and Trump is collaborating and Don Jr is collaborating in the process and so on. But now it could be that they've upped the ante to actually get in and interfere with the votes like we've weeded out some of the propaganda, Facebook is trying to keep track of that shit and and canceling pay And so on social media is trying to keep up with everything. So it seems like that would force any Russian aggressors into deeper and deeper territory when it comes to actual election systems. So if it turns out that Bill Nelson is right on this, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that he's wrong. Well, then shoo right (laughs) (sighs) Um, (sighs) okay now you're scaring
2: me like Malcolm Nance does so
1: (laughs) I'm I'm a junior shouty McShout face I'm a
2: okay can I it's only 11 a.m. can I start drinking
1: now (laughs) yes go ahead you have my my permission and my endorsement of that day drinking Alright, uh, we're going to get to Trump's budget deficit in just uh, just a second uh, This is something that, that pisses me off It should be pissing off Barack Obama It should be pissing off any person who is at all tethered to factual reality Because it's just so horrendous that this is something that they're getting away with Knowing what we know from 2009, 2010 And basically the entire orgi- origin of the Tea Party That's what we're talking about here all has to do with the national deficit, the budget deficit, the national debt. All right, we're going to talk about that and more coming up here, but I got to tell you about something that I've been doing since, oh my God, since it first premiered. I've been using stamps.com. I think going back almost 18 years, it's been that long, and there's nothing more convenient. I mean, before then, I was scouring the house. Can I find a stamp here? Is it the right postage? Is it a forever stamp? I don't know. How do I mail this piece of paper to my dad or to the my accountant or whoever? How do I get this crap into the mail without going bananas looking for stamps and, and then having to drive somewhere and see if they still have stamps or if they're sold out the, st- the store or the but the post office might be closed. Any number of things can, can happen in the process of trying to mail a damn package. But now enter Stamps.com. How would you like all the services of a post office 24-7 without ever leaving your home or business? That's what I've done. No weather, no traffic, no lines. With Stamps.com you can buy and print US postage, official US postage, for any letter or any package. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale so you get the postage exactly right every single time. This is especially great if you're selling crap on eBay or doing any sort of other e-commerce. A few clicks and then mail as usual. I'll be uh, I'll be right here when you get back, but right now hit pause on your podcast player, right? Go over to Stamps.com and sign up for the four-week trial period, or better yet, keep the podcast playing. And just continue to listen to my voice while you go to Stamps.com. There's a special offer if you type BOBC in the box next to the microphone at the top of the homepage at stamps.com. Right? We're talking about a four week trial period for you. That's BOBC in the microphone box at the, st- at the top of stamps.com for that special trial offer. Again, stamps.com, enter B O B C. B O B C. Write that down in the microphone box at the top of stamps.com.
0: The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> Sesca Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's
1: cruel summer, right? Hopefully it won't be a cruel fall because of the midterms. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: uh,
1: you know, I, I used to work for a program director. who used to make awful, awful music segues like that. Like they come out of Fire and Rain by James Taylor. Hey, that's Fire and Rain by James Taylor. Hey, there's going to be a little bit of rain, but not much fire in this week's forecast. Let's go talk to AccuWeather. I'd be like, "Oh, shut the fuck up!" <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of my ute. Right, you haven't lived. I mean, all, there's a whole generation of people who just who get to do radio shows in their house, like I'm doing right now, <laughs> but but who never actually had to deal with program directors. And I, I assure and carts. you, carts. yeah, carts, program directors, editing. Uh, audio tape with a with a razor blade and yeah. and oh my god I did all that crap and
2: literally copy and paste you were using scotch tape to edit <laughs> yeah. and paste together things
1: exactly right and kids it, you know, it,
2: that's where we got it from
1: it was actually fun I I enjoyed editing like actual r- physical r- audio tape I know I'm such like an old the, man. The r-
2: yeah. There we go. Yeah, cut, you get it. Cut, right put it away. Exactly. together.
1: Yeah. You use a little grease pencil and make the line, mm-hmm. and then you pull it over oh, and yeah. onto the thing, and then you make the On cut. the thing and you... with the
2: thing and the angles <laughs> had to match. <laughs> thing
1: yeah. The thing with the angles. Yes, exactly yeah. right. In fact, that's the official uh, description of what you do with a piece of tape. The <laughs> thing and right. the thing with the angles. Yeah, you take the thing <laughs> and the thing, and you put it with the angles, and you do the thing with the tape, and you put it out. Because if you've you got the go, wrong angle,
2: wha- 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 you can't pull them together. It's all wrong. <laughs>
1: God, you know, Jody, I had a program director at one radio station tell me that I was 2-FM. This was an AM radio station. They wow. said, Bob, you're 2-FM. And then uh, after, after I worked at that radio station. You were too cool. I went to an FM station after that when I was Stretch Cunningham at B104. Uh, <laughs> and that radio station told me I was 2-A-M. So oh, it's I was, like the
2: English that come here, and they're like, oh, you sound so English. And yes. then when they go back home to England, they're like, oh, you sound so American. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly right. You can never, ever, ever win. That's the, uh, wow. that's the secret in radio, is that you, no matter what you do, you never win. And then you end up retiring after many, many years, and you end up looking like a burned-out Johnny Fever or something like that, <laughs> after having worked at 35 different radio stations, uh, working your way on down, down, down to the smallest, 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 smallest markets. So, in
2: your house
1: now. Yeah, now you're in your house. But I mean, actually, me it's, I would much rather be in my house. Oh, my God. No you kidding. have no idea. Um, <laughs> by the way, I was well, trying. Because to, it's
2: always naked day.
1: I'm trying to convince Malcolm Nance to do, his po- do a podcast, do his own podcast. Oh, my oh, God. He
2: told Stephanie and me that he's thinking about it. So. Is he Really? He is.
1: Are we? Are we speaking out of? Sc- I think I might have spoken out of school now. <laughs> if that's a surprise, just do it. Like pretend you didn't hear it. Pretend you didn't hear I didn't that hear whole it. conversation. I don't know anything
2: about it. I was not in a limo with him going to <laughs> right. real time last Friday at all. No. That, oh my God,
1: know. what was that like? I got to talk to you about that. What? What? Oh, the
2: coolest part was when we got there. Okay, so we 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 meet him at his hotel, which was lovely. Yeah. And then he wrote us to CBS, where I grew up, the same studio. Do they send so. a car?
1: Does the B- Bill Maher people yeah, send a they car? Yeah, they sent a
2: car. It's a nice little town car. Nice. And so we go, and then we get there, and they whisk him away uh-huh. from Stephanie and me, and they take us to a green room, which is literally across the hall from Bill Maher's dressing room. The reason I know that is because my mom's old dressing room.
1: <laughs> and the green room Oh, wow, oh, really? Old- so, so this is actually the same studio that Gar Show was shot in?
2: Oh, yeah. I know my way in the bowels of that television studio I'm crazy. oh my
1: god I didn't know that or maybe you told me and I forgot so whatever
2: no it's totally his dre- I said Stephanie that's his dressing room she goes well how do you know that I said because that's mom's
1: right right and
2: so and across the hall is the quote green room which is somebody's it was a guest star's dressing room trust me because they have Judy Garland lights in the bathroom hmm. it was totally old school dressing room which is nice but the first we walk in and there's a dog so Stephanie and I don't <laughs> look in the room for the humans we're like dog
1: <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get a contact high from being across from uh, Mar dressing room
2: well you know yeah it's la
1: <laughs> so maybe maybe you didn't need a contact high maybe they really don't. maybe you were already there i'm not saying it, anything but I'm maybe not
2: saying anything but, it, but but then i got to meet steve schmidt and charles blow oh what
1: was what was steve schmidt like was he dramatic and
2: he was very when i first met him with steph before he had to go so she couldn't you like finagle her beauty about getting him on her show unfortunately but yeah. i met him after and i was like it's and he was great on the show as you saw and he was so nice and i got a picture with him and mr blow and it was just so
1: oh it's so he cool was so
2: nice and mr mr nance because stephanie had to go home because she you know sleepy right oh of um, course radio yeah so she left i i got her downstairs and mm-hmm. out to her uber um nice. i'm like i know how to get here she's like you sure i'm like dude
1: I mean, I imagine everyone showing up at like the Playboy Mansion grotto after like a Bill Maher show. Like there's Steve Schmidt in the grotto with Charles if Blow only. and Nancy McLean and, and Malcolm Nance is all there. Malcolm Nance, of course, wearing his thong as he usually does. Well, uh, yeah,
2: well, that's what he did later. Right. <laughs> No, he was my ride back to the hotel. He was so sweet. I said, um, I parked my car here. Will you give me a ride back? He goes, of course.
1: Of course. And <laughs> of course, it's probably like the coolest reading of the words of, of course of that course. you've ever heard, right?
2: He's like, I got you, babe. You yeah. know, I mean, I love I love Malcolm. So, and it was just it, Mr. Blow. I got a smile from him. Apparently he doesn't smile, but the picture with him and me, smile. Yeah, he doesn't um, seem
1: like a smiling guy. He doesn't seem like uh, he'd be into like fart jokes and things like that. He doesn't seem like he would be. Yeah, you think? You think like, Charles Blow's a fart joke guy. Do you like make like armpit fart noises for you in the green room or something? I think he I think he'd be down with that. See, this is me. This is where I go. I go to fart noises. Charles, you're telling me about one of the greatest writers of our time. Of the course. New York Times is Charles Blow. And I'm like, did he make a fart noise? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's funny, somebody tweeted out with me, is he gonna be in your show? I'm like, he's welcome anytime.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I gotta see if I can book Duh. Charles Blow for my show too. <laughs> Oh wow! I'm like
2: of course, Mr. Schmidt and Mr. Blow, uh come into the bunker. Yeah. time.
1: If I if I bumped into Steve Schmidt, I'd be like total Chris Farley in the Chris Farley show. I was like, y- you <laughs> remember when you said all those words about Trump on MSNBC? You remember that? you, know, you remember that? That was rather, awesome. You know, that, that was awesome. awesome. All those big words.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean he was he was very nice so to both Stephanie and me, and it, it was just it was like so weird. A friend of mine goes, "Did you ever think you would be friends with Steve Schmidt?" And I'm like
1: nope nope and see you know what again another one he's another guy i gotta see if i can book him for my show i gotta see if i can get him on the interview show yeah let's see because i would just say all right you know for the next 45 minutes just go just talk <laughs> just say talk. say things about trump and that'll be it <laughs> and i can just sit here and smile and then applaud and just randomly ah. whoops! not not that not not that sound of course our studio well, audience Bob, would be thrilled you Camille. used to be yeah. a
2: republican right uh,
1: yes when i was 17 right? years old when i was 17 18 yeah. years old <laughs> and, and so you know have anything. something
2: in common with him.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's what I usually say. In fact, uh, you know, Malcolm Nance and I talked about that. You know, because right. I, I tend to gravitate uh to to, to people who were former Republicans uh mm-hmm. almost as much as I gravitate toward other liberals, you know. But it, mm-hmm. I mean liberals who were once Republicans have, I think, a special insight in terms of how to communicate to uh conservatives. So I always tend I to agree. To like their points of view, and, and Malcolm Nance is certainly one of those people, and, and frankly, I'm one of those people, and of course, Stephanie Miller has links to the Republican Party with her Absolutely. dad and everything, and but anyway, so let's go back. Let's rewind to 2009. Remember 2009? Remember those days when-
2: Oh, the halcyon days.
1: Everything was awesome. Yeah, I know. Let's oh. go way back to 2009, and we had Barack Obama as president. He was inaugurated that year and was faced with- uh, I don't know, something like 80,000 jobs being hemorrhaged every month from the economy because of the Great Recession. I think
2: recession. it was more than
1: that, wasn't it? Oh, no, it's eight—not eighty not 80,000, 800,000. Yeah, yeah, it was 800,000. I got to add a zero to that one. Yeah. But then also, the deficit was on its way toward growing to $1.4 trillion, right. which it had mm-hmm. never been before. And it reached that point uh, by the end of 2009. However... If you know anything about how budgets are passed and how money is spent, usually the the expenditures for the year are passed and signed by the president on the previous October. And that was right. the case with George W. Bush and Congress, where Congress authorized spending for 2009, and it was signed by George W. Bush in October of 2008. So all the spending that took place that year in 2009 minus a little chunk of of money that was authorized by Barack Obama to pull us out of the goddamn recession.
3: Yeah, a
2: little um, stimulus money.
1: Yeah, so $1.2 trillion of the $1.4 trillion deficit at the end of 2009 was because of George W. Bush spending. Yeah, that's like a, a month's rent next to the full house place in San Francisco, exactly, right?
3: Exactly,
1: um, But so that was the uh, deficit scenario that Barack Obama inherited from George W. Bush right during the midst of a great recession. So if you imagine Donald Trump right now, um, at the bottom of a downward slope and unemployment, at the top of an upward slope and things like GDP and so forth, um, Barack Obama was the exact opposite. He was at the downward slope of GDP, t- totally getting screwed on jobs, totally getting screwed on deficit spending, to the point where the Republicans and the Tea Party rose up to stop him from spending any more, creating that deficit that was actually not Barack Obama's, it was George W. Bush's. So the whole Tea Party thing was here comes socialism. Here comes, uh, you know, uh, communism in the United States, because we're going to start spending our way out of this great recession. And this goddamn communist Barack Obama is going to put us there. And so that's how we got all those Tea Party protests taxed enough already was the, uh, the acronym for Tea Party. And so that was where we were in 2009. Today, uh, even though we know, even though the tea party knows even though the republicans know what our history is with the budget deficit and they are able to look these things up online you can do the research you can find the numbers to verify all of this crap well despite all of that they're totally cool now now that trump is president they're totally cool with a budget deficit that has jumped by 20 percent just due to the tax scam. so donald trump's tax scam bumped up the budget deficit by 20 goddamn percent Mm 20 percent so where does that put us at this point the rising deficit is a larger result of the tax cuts president trump signed into law at the end of last year tax revenues from individuals rose even as revenues from corporate taxes dropped the trump administration has argued that the tax cuts would bring down the deficit that's what they always say but it's never actually true the cbo projects that the deficit will reach $793 billion by the end of the year, and approach $1 trillion next year. The White House estimates have the deficit surpassing $1 trillion in 2019. So $1 trillion deficit under Donald Trump, authorized by Donald Trump and the Republican Congress, and yet they still, back in the day, back in 2009, 2010, they were screaming about obama's deficit you know what the deficit was when obama left office 450 billion barack obama reduced the deficit during his eight years by one trillion dollars cut the deficit barack obama uh, bill clinton all ended their terms as president with a lower deficit than when they started
2: didn't you- clinton have a surplus
1: Yeah, but Clinton had a goddamn surplus. Of course, yeah, you're exactly right. So it wasn't just about having a lower deficit. He actually had a surplus. Mm -hmm. You have to go back to Dwight Eisenhower to find the last Republican president who ended with a deficit lower than when he started.
2: Okay, here's the the thing. I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, The two Santa Claus theory, have you heard it?
1: Um, No, I actually haven't heard that one.
2: Okay, it's, it, it came about in the early 70s, I believe, mm-hmm. a Republican strategist basically, look, the Democrats give everybody health care, they give them Medicare, they give them Social Security, they give them all this stuff, and, yep. and they're the Santa Clauses. They give them stuff. So, and then we like to cut things, so let's fix this. Let's mm-hmm. scream to the high hills that they're spending too much money, yada yeah, yada, yada. So we'll give tax cuts, Santa Claus, Yeah, which raises the deficit, to the point when when the Democrats come back in office, they have to cut the services that they are the Santa Claus for.
1: I've heard that. Yeah, you know what? The other name for that is the starve the beast strategy.
2: Exactly. It's like the the Republicans are the Santa Claus because they give you the tax cuts. You think mm-hmm. they don't give them to the average person, but you think they are. And the Democrats actually give you stuff. Yeah. And so, but when the Republicans give the tax cuts, then all of a sudden defense never gets cut. For some strange, oh reason. yeah, of course not. Um, uh, but but you know, dif- discretionary spending has to get cut to take up for the the tax loss that mm-hmm. we're having to do. So then they blame the Democrats for the cuts, therefore the Republicans look good because we're giving you tax cuts and the Democrats are cutting your services. That's
1: right. The Democrats always end up having to be the adults in the room and say no, 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 or yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But you know, you talk about Barack Obama he was a classic victim of the starve the beast strategy or the two two Santa Claus strategy as you called it.
2: He was an old school Democrat that thought he could work with the new school Republicans.
1: Yeah, well on top of that he came in having to spend having to spend Mm -hmm. us out of of that recession yeah. that was created by the George W. Bush policies, maybe a little bit by the Clinton policies as well. Before and also him, but, Reagan. Yeah, and also Reagan. I mean, we we're talking about the war on the middle class, which started in early 1980, and from there forward mm-hmm. it really became the perfect storm leading up to the Great Recession. I mean, yep. some of the little recessions we had in between were devastating too, but nothing was as devastating as that big one, because that big one mm-hmm. culminated, like, what, three decades worth of uh, disastrous mm-hmm. economic policies. Yeah, the trickle-down
2: didn't work. I mean, even right. George Sr. said, it's voodoo economics. He he yep. actually understood the math.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was the one who had to resort to raising taxes. In fact, Ronald Reagan had to raise taxes, too, after a while. 11,
2: or, 11 to 14 times. It's, I've yep. Not- quite figured out which number is accurate but it's at mm-hmm. least 11 and possibly as much as 14 times on regular people.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. This <laughs> was across the board tax uh, tax hikes. But what happened uh-huh. was, uh, of course Barack Obama comes in, has to spend us out of the greatest recession since mm-hmm. the, the Great Depression and everyone tries to say, oh my god, how can you do all, we, we've got a 1.4 trillion dollar deficit, how are you going to spend that money on a stimulus? It turns out the stimulus actually created the economic recovery that, it, that occurred after the, after the recession, but they put all kinds of roadblocks up against them and if we hadn't had if the democrats hadn't had a 60 vote supermajority in the senate none of that would have happened we would have still maybe still be mired in the uh throes of the recession at this point but we barely
2: uh, had that 60 votes
1: but i mean what we're seeing is a repeat of the same thing now where donald trump is spending the deficit is going up again there's probably going to be another recession toward the end of donald trump's Uh, first term i hope that's his only term i hope he resigns before then but let's just say he finishes out his first term there's Mm going to be a recession sometime in the next few years i think that is fate complete the problem is, i don't
2: think it's going to be a few years bob i think it's going to be sooner than that
1: oh really when do you think how soon like Maybe I'm, maybe next year? A year and a
2: half, yeah.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go go next December. It's going to hit the fan.
1: Seriously, folks, while the economy is at least halfway decent, pay down your credit cards and put aside whatever yes. you money you, you can into savings to get ready for that one, because it's going to be another right. hard one. Um, not, needless to say, whoever the Democrat is that comes in, hopefully uh, in 2021, yeah, that person, whether it's Elizabeth Warren or whether it's Joe Biden or whether it's Kamala Harris or whoever – uh, they're gonna be stuck with trying to dig us out once again. There's mm-hmm. like Barack Obama in two thousand nine. And the Republicans yep. are gonna go, How can you possibly spend all that money? We have this giant deficit. And you're gonna go, Well, who created that deficit? Well, it doesn't matter. Why you you know, and it's just oh God. It's going to be the same beating our faces up against a wall, knowing what we know, knowing history, knowing the history of the previous four years, knowing the numbers, the facts, the math. And yet the Republicans are going to be speaking in defiance of all of those things. And so wasn't
2: it Cheney that said deficits don't matter?
1: Deficits don't matter. Yeah, that was Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. deficits don't matter until the black man becomes president
2: well, until <laughs> a democrat are, it doesn't yeah. matter until a democrat because I right. mean Reagan tripled the deficit
1: yep yep well, okay. So on that uh, chipper cheery uh, cheerful note. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> We're going to take a break, one last break here on the show and come back. We're talking about Rachel Maddow's exclusive last night with that Devin Nunes audio. Keep the faith,
0: Bob. Keep the faith, Bob.
1: I know. I will. <laughs> I will just through this uh, last commercial and then we'll uh, we'll come back to talk about Nunes right after these words.
3: Bob Seska
0: This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Thank you, Buzz. Make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link. It's the all-caps Amazon link at BobSeska.com, just beneath the logo. Click that link. Go and click it now. Click it hard. And uh, it'll take you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as usual. Shop for literally anything in the entire world. And Amazon has it. Plus, we get a teeny-tiny commission from some of the things you buy. It costs you nothing extra. Thank you for going and chopping through our Amazon link. Okay, Jody, Don Jr. is circulating a falsified and misleading graphic. How shocking is that? That Don Jr. Ju- <laughs> Don Jr. The, the goddamn idiot, the person I would most like to see frog marched out of the Trump Tower and right into federal prison, is uh, circulating a false falsified meme a graphic comparing uh, barack obama and donald trump this goes back to what we were talking about before the break this is uh, comparing donald trump at this stage in his presidency versus obama at this stage in his presidency not only is it a misleading set of graphics a misleading set of numbers and statistics but they actually falsified one the graphic actually um falsifies uh, donald trump's job approval It's 40. His job approval is 45% according to Gallup, the Gallup poll, which is the which is how the the uh, poll numbers are credited on the actual graphic. So it says Gallup poll says job approval for Donald Trump is 50%. Oh, my God. 50% for Donald Trump. No,
2: (laughs) it's never been that high. No,
1: it's not. Not 50%. Not at all. Not at all. That's a big no, 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 no. Uh, so they they actually photoshopped that on this uh, wow. on this graphic, which looks like a screen grab from Fox News Channel. Uh, but the other false thing they do here is they compare Barack Obama halfway through his second year and they say, oh, he's got a 45 percent approval rating. Well, this is why they made, they changed uh, Trump's to 50 percent because they didn't want to show Trump sh- having a lower approval number than Obama. Uh, they say here uh, Donald Trump's unemployment rate is three point nine percent. They say Obama's is nine point four percent. Obama what? inherited the worst recession since the Great Goddamn Depression, and the nine point four unemployment rate was not the fault of Barack Obama's policies. In it's fact, not
2: even close. Yeah, in
1: fact, we were pulling out of it. the The, the economy was on its way back up by this point in time in twenty ten. And yet they still say, well, okay, Donald Trump has added 3.2 million jobs. And oh, look, Barack Obama in August of 2010 had already lost 2.9 million jobs. (sighs) This is so disingenuous. It's just really, it makes my head hurt that there are people walking around just completely. Oblivious to the context Of Barack Obama in 2010 Versus Donald Trump in 2018 They don't understand The trends, they don't understand The numbers, they don't know how to interpret The numbers, and Fox News Exploits that stupidity Donald Trump exploits that stupidity Russia exploits that stupidity Every chance they get, and look, at Donald Trump Jr. is doing it too
2: Now Bob, you know That you know Barack Obama Was not born here
1: <laughs> That's right, yeah Barack Obama was born in Kenya, and Donald Trump has, uh, has proof from his researchers in Hawaii who never existed.
2: You know, he's Fuck. an Arab.
1: Yeah, he's an Arab. He's an right.
2: Arab. You know that.
1: <laughs> so they're comparing Donald Trump at the end of the Obama recovery to Barack Obama at the fucking high watermark of the Great Recession. That was not his fault whatsoever. So basically what I'm saying is Donald Trump inherited Barack Obama's economy, but Barack Obama inherited George W. Bush's great fucking recession.
2: Right. That's That's how, what happens every time a yeah. new president. They always inherit the last guy or hopefully lady in the futures. Right. Mess or greatness. It's one of the two, one of the two. And, and yes, you're right. The fiscal year ends in October.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Therefore, October to October, the first year of a presidency has nothing to do with the current president after that.
1: Yeah, and so this president, in the face of mounting deficits on his own watch, based on his own policies, the deficit is not a consequence of Barack Obama's policies. The nope. deficit now is 100% Donald, this is Donald Trump's economy. Um, yep. Okay, so in the face of all of that, they're actually serious, Jody. They're serious about the Space Force. They really are. And I thought this was just Donald Trump going, yeah, you know what? Let's make a Space Force. I think he's a fantastic, his greatest idea, Space Force, and, and I'm going to make a, have have a force of military people in space. I thought that uh, I thought it was we just have him. crumbling
2: bridges. Shouldn't we, you know, take care of that first? Yeah,
1: you know, I've always believed yeah. in a in a robust space program for space exploration and science Absolutely. and advancing human knowledge and advancing human reach out into the cosmos and all the fancy mm-hmm. things we like to say about it. I don't think a space force is a smart idea. And no. it's just it's a big waste of money over something that mm-hmm. Donald Trump invented while he was fucking high as a kite on adderall this is entirely what the space was so but mike pence went out and did a whole speech I about know. how he's gonna work on developing the space force and we have a we have a small clip here's mike pence uh, speaking <laughs> yesterday about space force yeah that's that's mike pence talking. sounds like a ring he sounds like a vibrate setting on your phone doesn't he That's just the way his voice sounds like that. His voice sounds like a phone on vibrate. And so, you know, I could see where people would be confused by that. But, you know, (laughs) something, Jody, we we play all the time on the After Party. I don't think I've played it here on the free show yet.
2: You have to. It's genius.
1: It's this. It's the great Space Force song. This is the theme song for the space, not the real one, but this is a theme song for the Space Force. Space
0: Force. Yeah. Space Force. Space Force.
1: Space Force. Everyone loves this. Space
0: Force. I get requests. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. <laughs> space. Space is a war-fighting domain, just like the land, the air, and sea. We have the army, the navy, the air force, the space force. Ah, uh, my new national no strategy could be Space Force. Space. Space. space.
1: I just love this so
0: much. Doing a tremendous amount of work in space. Space? Space? Maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Tremendous. Tremendous. Space Force. Space. 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 Force. Space Force! Space! Space! Space
1: Force! Sorry, this is going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the weekend. Sorry in advance. It
2: makes him sound like he can sing. Space, I
1: know, thanks to AutoTune. Space,
0: space, space, space. You can, use hairspray because hairspray is going to affect the ozone. They say it, I say no way. My apartment's all sealed. You're telling me that affects the ozone layer. I want to put a little spray Space force space space for space force Space Force space space for space force Space Force space space for space force Space Force space space for space space space,
1: force Yeah
2: I wanna (laughs) shoot a video
1: I know There is a video you can find the actual video on YouTube but there's no. Oh my god, uh, that's so genius. There's no law against making a fan video for the Space Force song parody. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so genius. I love it so much. I love it so much, and I shouldn't. I shouldn't love this. You know. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So.
2: No, we shouldn't. But oh my god.
1: <laughs> so what did I say we were going to talk about after the break that I haven't got to? Oh yeah, yeah. Know. Rachel Maddow's exclusive audio of go. Devin Nunes recorded at a fundraiser, and um, you know, some of it was uh, not entirely surprising. Um, it was it was interesting. To, it's always interesting to hear what people say behind closed doors when there are no apparent microphones or cameras around. Right. So in that regard, it was fascinating to hear Devin Nunes talking about Trump and about Mueller and about all these things. Uh, but the, the the key, I think, takeaway in all of this was the strategy that we heard about uh, with regard to confirming Kavanaugh and simultaneously impeaching Rod Rosenstein. Apparently, Jody, based on what Devin Nunes said in these uh, Rachel Maddow tapes, they decided not to go forward with impeaching Rod Rosenstein. This was a decision that was not made because, oh, God, Jim Jordan and the uh, Freedom Caucus are nuts and they're just doing something frivolous here that wasn't the reason why they didn't go forward with the impeachment process for for Rod Rosenstein. The reason they didn't go forward with it is because it would have taken time away in the US Senate from confirming Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court. So there there, this is actually more of a timing thing than it is. Oh, God, it's a dumb idea to try to impeach Rod Rosenstein. And then he uh, then he goes on to say that Mueller is probably going to throw the book at Donald Trump and that the House Republicans are really the only bulwark uh, left to defend Donald Trump against these charges. So, hence Devin Nunes. And I, you know, I I read that to me to mean that uh, Devin Nunes is completely compromised in all of this, that Devin Nunes is a conspirator yeah. and that he's decided that, oh, yeah, I'm going to be one of the guys who's going to play interference, backstop Donald Trump and all of this, even if it means doing illegal things and you know running up to the White House in the middle of the night and changing cars like some sort of uh, Jason Bourne movie or something. Um, yeah, if Jason Bourne had really stupid hair And looked really doughy I think maybe he would kind of be like Devin Nunes Maybe Yeah Every time he's on TV, Jody I, I have to point and laugh to, to Kimberly Johnson He's like, ah, ha, 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 look, he's got Fisher-Price hair He has got. He ah, totally has yes. hair from a Fisher-Price man he <gasps> You're is, so right Yeah, remember George Allen, the senator from uh, Virginia He was totally yeah. like a Fisher-Price man And now ah. Devin Nunes, holy God, looks just like a Fisher-Price man doesn't he? From the you're right. From the play school toy sets. Oh God! I never
2: thought of that. Oh my God! You're you're totally right. No, the thing that that I noticed yesterday was that Rachel Maddow pointed out was Kathy Morris Rogers. Um, <laughs> she's number four. Jody
1: Hamilton's the only person in the United States to do a Kathy Morris Rogers impression, which I think is admirable <laughs> because usually impressions are crowd like you do Jack Nicholson. You know, maybe everyone does Jack. Nich- everyone does Trump, but you do the obscure but she's one. She's
2: number 4 in the house.
1: <laughs> right, she is.
2: And so she is supporting the fact that the house is waiting for the Senate to ram through the Kavanaugh literally ram through because they're not even going for they're not even looking into his past at all. Yeah. Um on purpose. Um so they're they're so she's number 4. She's she's barely underneath Paul Ryan at this point, which mm-hmm. suggests that Paul Ryan is supporting this strategy.
1: And that's fascinating, especially to see Especially that we know that Paul Ryan's not going to (laughs) be in the House of Representatives after uh, December. So, so
2: I mean, it suggests that he's fine. Let's just wait until the Senate's done and then we'll do the impeachment. I'll sort of yell about it, but not really.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So this could actually be something that starts maybe around the time that, well, after Brett Kavanaugh gets confirmed and they want to try to confirm Brett Kavanaugh in what October. Are they looking at October?
2: I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's going to be, I think Jeff Flake, remember he left for the August recess and he's on the judiciary committee. Ah,
1: Right. Yeah, he's off taking which pictures means, of himself in like the Middle East or something, isn't he?
2: Which means yeah, which means that stalls everything for a month.
1: I have a weird feeling about the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. I get the sense that this is going to be a lot more difficult to get Brett Kavanaugh through than uh, than we even thought, than even the, the biggest pessimists among us have thought because I I just I'm seeing mounting opposition from places that I didn't expect to see opposition. I mean, for God's sake, did you see the protests on Capitol Hill, the people lining the hallway um, doing the uh, the fist protest with their fists up as Brett Kavanaugh was scheduled to go down and meet with uh, members of of Senate leadership? He was going to have to walk down that goddamn hallway with rows and rows of protesters along the walls doing that raised fist thing. Mm hmm. And I don't remember, I don't know if there's actual tape of him doing that, of him actually going down that hallway with all those protesters. I think they may have filed the protesters out uh, before Probably. Kavanaugh got there, but God damn it. You know, again, again, I am so impressed and I am so frankly shocked uh, to see this level of on the street activism. The same goes we were talking to John Arvosis on the show yesterday. John Arvosis is the actually the organizer of the protests that are happening, the Occupy uh, Lafayette Park protests at the Kremlin Annex as they're calling ah, it in D.C. That. That's John Arvosis. He's one of the organizers of that thing. So Have
2: you seen left shark there?
1: Um, no, oh, I haven't seen the left shark. I've seen the T-Rex is sure of
2: its shark and its left shark. <laughs>
1: Right. It is so great. I love the fact that they had a mariachi band down there. Yeah. Um, uh, Rosie O'Donnell was down there she doing was some remarks on, on Monday and, you know, and here's me lazy. I'm, I'm just, I mean, literally like 15 minutes away uh, at most. And I have not gone down there yet. I really should. It's
2: okay, Bob.
1: I really should make a trip. Oh, and by the way, I should tell you too, speaking of protests, um, that Kimberly Johnson has vetoed my idea for me to go and do a podcast from the, uh, but whatever that alt right protest is going on in D.C., the uh, right. the white supremacists are going to be protesting. It's because D.C. she but, loves
2: you, and she knows it would be a bad idea.
1: Yeah, she well, she doesn't want me to get killed somehow. Which right.
2: I so she loves you. <laughs>
1: usually people don't fuck with me, and and
2: <laughs> you're big, you're a tall man.
1: Yeah, I'm like nine feet tall, and just
2: wear the thong, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I'll wear my
1: Malcolm Nance knitted thong. Exactly. That'll be a great idea. Yeah. Why is Malcolm Dance wearing a thong Come up on the show like nine times already <laughs> in the Show today It's so strange It's going to be one of those shows I think um, <laughs> But yeah so I will not be going To do a show from the White supremacist rally In Washington D.C. I,
2: I support Kimberly on this
1: Yeah I'm thinking Yeah, Maybe that's the right thing to do Maybe staying home and watching it on TV Is uh, mm-hmm. maybe my Safer uh, yeah, maybe my uh, opinions would be better served by just sitting on my couch and tweeting about it rather than actually. Plus, going you can in. drink. That is true. That is also true, and uh, and do some other things that are partly illegal in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is the show today Uh, Make sure to listen To Jody Hamilton At from-the-bunker.com The the From the Bunker podcast It's also on iTunes Go get it Listen to it often It is uh, one of the Greatest podcasts You'll ever hear (laughs) you You have a new episode This week Jody?
2: we do it's just david and me and um uh, it'll be and we're i'm also um sitting in for stephanie the last week in august on
3: oh, her show Oh so. yeah
1: okay that's great Oh, well, i'll talk to you on the show on that Yay. wednesday of that week Yay. i can't wait that'll be exciting meanwhile buzz burbank's at buzzburbank.com mark and lowell are at realmnetwork.com uh jackie shechner is at investigate russia.org oh my god guess who is on david ferguson's podcast today Kimberly Kimberly A. Johnson (gasps) is on the T-Rex Report today. So go to patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report and support T-Rex's podcast over there. Make sure to support the unprecedented podcast, too, at Patreon. There's links right on our Patreon page, taking you right over to the unprecedented podcast with John and Cliff. Uh, Meanwhile, Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. The Stephanie Miller Show is at stephaniemiller.com. And uh, Kimberly Johnson's podcast Is at patreon.com Slash start me up Alright take care folks Post Postmortem show is coming up next See you over there bye bye